Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, June 5th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Behalachka, and it means in your going up. Numbers 9, 1-23 Hashem spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai on the first new moon of the second year following the exodus from the land of Egypt, saying, Let Benai Israel offer the Pesach sacrifice at its set time. You shall offer it on the fourteenth day of this month at twilight, at its set time. You shall offer it in accordance with all its rules and rites. Moses instructed the Israelites to offer the Pesach sacrifice, and they offered the Pesach sacrifice in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, in the wilderness of Sinai. Just as Hashem had commanded Moses, so the Israelites did. But there were some men who were unclean by reason of a corpse and could not offer the Pesach sacrifice on that day. Appearing that same day before Moses and Aaron, those men said to them, Unclean though we are by reason of a corpse, why must we be debarred from presenting Hashem's offering at its set time with the rest of the Israelites? Moses said to them, Stand by and let me hear what instructions Hashem gives about you. And Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Benai Israel, saying, When any of you or your posterity 
who are defiled by a corpse or are on a long journey would offer a Pesach sacrifice to Hashem. They shall offer it in the second month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, and they shall not leave any of it over until morning. They shall not break a bone of it. They shall offer it in strict accordance with the law of the Pesach sacrifice. But if a man who is clean and not on a journey refrains from offering the Pesach sacrifice, that person shall be cut off from his kin, for he did not present Hashem's offering at its set time. That man shall bear his guilt. And when a stranger who resides with you would offer a Pesach sacrifice to Hashem, he must offer it in accordance with the rules and rites of the Pesach sacrifice. There shall be one law for you, whether stranger or citizen of the country. On the day that the Mishkan was set up, the cloud covered the Mishkan, the tent of the pact, and in the evening it rested over the Mishkan in the likeness of fire until morning. It was always so. The cloud covered it, appearing as fire by night. And whenever the cloud lifted from the tent, the Israelites would set out accordingly, and at the spot where the cloud settled, there the Israelites would make camp. At a command of Hashem, the Israelites broke camp, and at a command of Hashem, they made camp. They remained encamped as long as the cloud stayed over the Mishkan. When the cloud lingered over the Mishkan many days, the Israelites observed Hashem's mandate and did not journey on. At such times the cloud rested over the Mishkan for but a few days. They remained encamped at a command of Hashem, and broke camp at a command of Hashem. And at such times as the cloud stayed from evening until morning, they broke camp as soon as the cloud lifted in the morning, day or night. Whenever the cloud lifted they would break camp. Whether it was two days or a month or a year, however long the cloud lingered, over the Mishkan. The Israelites remained encamped and did not set out. Only when it lifted did they break camp. On a sign from Hashem they made camp, and on a sign from Hashem they broke camp. They observed Hashem's mandate at Hashem's bidding through Moses. Second Samuel twenty three twenty four to twenty four twenty five. Among the thirty were Asael the brother of Joab, Elhaknon son of Dodo from Beth Lechem, Shammah the Herodite, Elika the Herodite, Helez the Paltite, Ira son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abiezer of Anathoth, Mabunai the Hushite, Zalman the Ahohite. Merari the Nephohophite, Heleb son of Bena the Nephothite, Ittai son of Ribai from Giva of the Benjamites, Benaiah of Pirathon, Hidiai of Nehal Gesh, Abialban the Arbathite, Asmapheth the Barhumite, Eliaba of Shalban, sons of Jashan, Jonathan, Shammah the Ararite, Ahiam son of Sharar the Ararite, Eliphelet son of Ahashai, son of Machathite, Eliam, son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite, Hezri, the Carmelite, 
Parai, the Arbite, Ilgal, son of Nathan from Zobah, Bani, the Gadite, Zelek, the Ammonite, Nahari, the Beerite, the arms-bearer of Joab, son of Zeruiah, Ira, the Ithrite, Gareb, the Ithrite, Uriah, the Hittite. Thirty-seven in all. The anger of Hashem again flared up against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go and number Israel and Yehuda." The king said to Joab, his army commander, Make the rounds of all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and take a census of the people, so that I may know the size of the population. Joab answered the king, May Hashem your God increase the number of the people a hundredfold, while your own eyes see it. But why should my lord king want this? However, the king's command to Joab and to the officers of the army remained firm, and Joab and the officers of the army set out at the insistence of the king to take a census of the people of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and encamped at Aror, on the right side of the town, which is in the middle of the Wadi of Gad, and went on to Jazer. They continued to Gilead and to the region of Tahim Hadshi, and they came to Dan Jan and around to Sidon. They went on to the fortress of Tyre, and all the towns of the Hivites and Canaanites, and finished at Beersheba in southern Yehuda. They traversed the whole country, and then they came back to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. Joab reported to the king the number of the people that had been recorded. In Israel there were eight hundred thousand soldiers ready to draw the sword, and the men of Yehuda numbered five hundred thousand. But afterward David reappeared reproached himself for having numbered the people. And David said to Hashem, I have sinned grievously in what I have done. Please, Hashem, remit the guilt of your servant, for I have acted foolishly. When David rose in the morning, the word of Hashem had come to Navi Gad, David's seer. Go and tell David, thus said Hashem, I hold three things over you. Choose one of them, and I will bring it upon you. Gad came to David and told him. He asked, Shall a seven-year famine come upon you in the land? Or shall you be in flight from your adversaries for three months while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now consider carefully what reply I shall take back to him who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hands of Hashem, for his compassion is great, and let me not fall into the hands of men. Hashem sent a pestilence upon Israel from morning until the set time, and seventy thousand of the people died from Dan to Beersheba. But when the angel extended his hand against Jerusalem to destroy it, Hashem renounced further punishment and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! Stay your hand. The angel of Hashem was then by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to Hashem, I alone am guilty. I alone have done wrong. But these poor sheep... What have they done? Let your hand fall upon me and my father's house. Gad came to David the same day and said to him, 
go and set up an altar to Hashem on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. David went up following God's instructions as Hashem had commanded. Aruna looked out and saw the king and his courtiers approaching him. So Aruna went out and bowed low to the king with his face to the ground. And Aruna asked, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David replied, To buy the threshing floor from you, that I may build an altar to Hashem, and that the plague against the people may be checked. And Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take it and offer up whatever he sees fit. Here are oxen for a burnt offering, and the threshing boards, and the gear of the oxen for wood. All this, O king, Aruna gives to your majesty, and may Hashem your God, Aruna added, respond to you with favor. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I will buy them from you at a price. I cannot sacrifice to Hashem my God burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to Hashem and sacrificed burnt offerings and offerings of well-being. Hashem responded to the plea for the land, and the plague against Israel was checked. Acts 3, 1-26 Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held John and Peter, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered and said to the people, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Yeshua whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. 
and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I would that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before has shown by the mouth of all his prophets, that Yeshua should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Yeshua, which before was preached to you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Yeshua, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Psalm 123, 1-4 Unto you lift I up my eyes, O you that dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease, and with the contempt of the proud. Proverbs 16.21-23 The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. I want to speak to you from our Torah portion in Numbers chapter 9, then we're going to touch into 2 Samuel chapter 24 and conclude in Acts chapter 3. So in Numbers chapter 9, we see Hashem speaking to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, and they're getting ready to go into the promised land, and the Lord tells Moses that. Israel needs to offer the Pesach sacrifice. And so Moses instructs the Israelites to offer the Passover sacrifice. And in chapter 9, verse 5, it is written, And they offered the Pesach sacrifice in the first month, 
on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, in the wilderness of Sinai, just as Hashem had commanded Moses, so the Israelites did. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Before embarking on their journey through the desert, the children of Israel observed the holiday of Pesach, commemorating the day they had left Egypt one year previously. Although the Israelites were already able to celebrate their release from bondage, their ultimate freedom was still to come. It would be realized only once they were settled in their own land. A nation is truly free only when, in, only when it inhabits its own land under its own leadership. For this reason, the Passover Seder meal ends with the declaration, Next year in Jerusalem. The children of Israel can only be truly free when they are all living in Israel. And now we're going to jump into 2 Samuel, chapter 24. And in the concluding verses of this chapter, David is brought to the threshing floor, and Aruna owns this threshing floor. And so David is talking to him about it, and he wants to do an offering on this threshing floor in Jerusalem. And Aruna offers to give him the threshing floor. And David says, no, no way. Let me just read the verses again. Aruna asked in verse 21, why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David replies, to buy the threshing floor from you, that I may build an altar to Hashem and that the plague against the people may be checked. And Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take it and offer up whatever he sees fit. Here are oxen for a burnt offering and threshing boards, and the gear for the oxen for wood. All this, O king, Aruna gives to your majesty, and may Hashem your God, Aruna added, respond to you with favor. Verse 24. But David replied to Aruna, No. I will buy them from you at a price. I cannot sacrifice to Hashem my God burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David purchases the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite, and according to one classic rabbinic opinion, the entire city of Jerusalem. That threshing floor, the place where he intends to offer sacrifices, is now called the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, as this site would later become the location of the Beit Hamikdash, the temple. David purchases the land publicly, just as Abraham did when he purchased the cave of Machpelah in Hebron for a great sum of money and in front of witnesses. See Genesis 23. Although, like Abraham, David was offered the site as a gift, he does not want any future generations to claim that it was stolen by the children of Israel, since the sale of each is recorded in the Bible. The sages of the Midrash teach that Jerusalem, Hebron, and Shechem, which is modern-day Nablus, which was similarly purchased by Jacob, see Genesis 33:19, are the three places that indisputably belong to the Jewish people. Okay, and now I want to jump into Acts chapter 3. And 
Peter is giving yet another message. And what's interesting is that he is basically giving the people a text proof over and over and over again that Yeshua is the Messiah, the Son of God, sent by him. And his he's drawing from the Old Testament, from the Tanakh, from the Hebrew scriptures, to make his proof. So I want to zoom in on chapter 3, verse 22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. Now keep in mind that before Yeshua came and revealed himself, that the Jews, and especially the religious leaders, they said they were followers of Moses. And they followed the sayings of Moses. They followed the Torah of Moses. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit, and they were not yet born again. So they can relate to Moses and to the sayings of Moses. And one of the reasons why they opposed Yeshua is because they said, We follow Moses. Who are you? And so here Peter is quoting from Moses, and they're going to relate to that. This is going to speak to the Jewish heart. Moses truly said to the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. So where does that come from? That comes from Deuteronomy chapter 18. And um, I'm just going to read this. These are the words of Moses. And he's basically prophesying about Yeshua. In these verses, he's looking ahead to the future and he's basically saying there's going to be another prophet who will come after me and him you need to listen to and him you need to follow. And this prophet that he's speaking of is Yeshua. So in Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verse 15, it is written, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, and you shall listen to him. In other words, he's going to be Jewish. And you need to listen to him. And in verse 18, chapter eight, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And so this is a prophecy pointing us to Yeshua, the Messiah. And Peter has made that connection. And so in his message in Acts chapter 3, he's quoting right out of Deuteronomy chapter 18. And he goes on to say in verse 24, Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. And what about these days? Well, remember that just, you know, a few days ago, what about these days? Peter has just preached a sermon in Acts chapter 2 to explain the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the wind and the flames of fire above people's heads and people speaking in all different languages and tongues. And 
to explain what's going on, he said, this is the fulfillment, a partial fulfillment of what was spoken of in Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 28, where it is written, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And so just one week ago was an incredible, amazing one-of-a-kind, first-ever global prayer event. And this global prayer event took place on Pentecost Sunday. And there were prayer groups from all over the nations, and they streamed their prayer and praise services from South Africa, from Argentina, from Uganda, from Kenya, from the UK, from Canada, from the United States, from Kansas City International House of Prayer, and from the southern steppes of Jerusalem, the very place where Peter gave his message in Acts chapter 2, the very place where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened nearly 2,000 years ago. This is a phenomenal global upper room prayer and praise experience. I really encourage you to go to the website and you can look at these um, broadcasts. The website is pentecost2023.org. That's pentecost2023.org. And you can look at little video clips from each of these places where the prayer and the praise was happening over a 26-hour period of time. The focus was prayer for Jerusalem, prayer for Israel, prayer for the Jewish people. Nothing like this has ever, ever happened in the history of the church. And it's, it's phenomenal. It is epic. And so I just encourage you to go to that website and check it out, pentecost2023.org. Even if you only listen to the first five or ten minutes of each one of those video clips, you will be greatly, greatly blessed. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you.
peace.